It's time for Cover 2 Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the numbers. Now, your hosts, Joe Rowles and Jeff Essery. Welcome back to another episode of Cover 2 Broncos. I'm Jeff Essery. And I'm Joe Rawls. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And a quick reminder that if you have any questions about the Broncos, just be sure to hit us up on Twitter at Cover2Broncos, at Jeffrey Essery, or at Joe Rowe underscore NFL, or drop us a comment um, on the podcast or on Mile High Report when we post this. So today it'll be a little bit different of a topic, kind of like last week was, uh, because something, you know, that it's very timely what's happening right now in the NFL with all the um, conversation about when teams will start and head back to training camp and what next year will look like. And there's a lot, a lot of negotiations happening right now. And probably by the time we post this, new things will come up. And so we're not going to try to cover all of that. But one of the things that we did want to talk through is the reports over the last couple of days. And Joe, you've talked a lot about this and you were on KOA radio um, with Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards chatting it a little bit the other night is um, there's projections that if there's no fans in the stands or uh, the NFL ends up bringing in less revenue than they projected due to COVID or due to any, like whether it's games getting cut or, you know, all of the uncertainty around the season that the salary cap could potentially be reduced. And we don't know by how much we don't even know if it will fully be reduced, but there's potential that the, the entirety of the NFL could be playing with less salary cap than they anticipated next year in 2021, which is an issue when you think about, how people typically structure their contracts and how the NFL contracts have been going lately. And it's been very much an escalating year by year because they've assumed that the cap will just continue to go up and up as it has with the new TV contracts and um, revenues increased across the league. So it's a bit unprecedented. I don't know that there's been a, maybe, I mean, the lockout was uncertain, but this is probably the most uncertainty from a cap perspective, Joe, that, we've probably faced in, in the last decade or so for the NFL. And I'm sure if I'm, if I'm missing something, make sure you guys um, holler at me in the comments or uh, on Twitter, let me know, but it, it feels pretty significant for all the teams. And we're, we're going to zero it in for the Broncos today for the conversation and really dig into what their cap could potentially look like. How does that affect players in the roster come next year? Demarie Smith, did say that the cap could drop by as much as $70 million per team next year. Um, there is some discussion that the the league and the NFL players union could agree to spread out the kind of the pain over multiple years and essentially borrow from future years so that the cap would be more steady, maybe not rising, but it would probably either drop quite a bit less or it wouldn't drop at all. And it would just kind of stay like straight line. Um, there's been some discussion that there's owners that actually don't want that to happen, which is why, why I think you and I both agree that it is worth looking at just because it's completely uncertain. Um, I know when I talked to Benjamin Albright, he mentioned that while there, the, a lot of people are floating like the $70 million situation. He says it's more likely that it'd be something like 40 million, which is still significant. Uh, when I did the numbers yesterday, 
I looked at how many teams would be over the cap if the NFL salary cap dropped by 70 million, and it's 28 teams. Um, Denver is in a lot better. (laughs) Pretty much everyone, except for like the cheapest of cheap teams, and Denver's in better situation, a better situation than a lot of teams, just because Denver does still have Drew Locke on a rookie contract, Colton Sutton on a rookie contract, and Bradley Chubb. Like those three on rookie contracts, as long as they can continue to play like we expect them to play. I think they'll be in better situation than like a team like the Eagles. The Eagles are totally screwed. Like if the cap drops by that much, like the, I was talking again, my brother's a huge Eagles fan. I was talking to him about this last night and he was basically like, yeah, that Carson Wentz contract is going to suddenly look like an albatross because you're, you're stuck with it. Um, but they, they just, they went all in on this year. The saints did too. And then you look at the chiefs with the, the Patrick Mahomes contract. Now, Fortunately for the Chiefs, unfortunately for the Broncos, who want to sit there and and watch their cap burn, but um, the the Chiefs' cap is is going to be stressed a little bit. But they've got guys like Sammy Watkins. I was surprised that they signed Chris Jones to the deal that they did, but they've got guys like Sammy Watkins and stuff that'll probably come off the books that are on the cap for this year. But they're bumping right up against it, and then they just added Patrick Mahomes' big deal and Chris Jones, and so. It'll be interesting to see what they do as well. Now, the Pat Mahomes deal really doesn't kick in in like the, the big portions of it until I think 2022, maybe 21, I forget. Um, I think it's 22 that it, it really starts getting big. And so the Chiefs have a little bit of leeway in the, in a year, the next year or two, but it's still a pretty big size quarterback contract. And so to your point, Denver's sitting in a lot better spot with Drew Locke on a rookie deal. Now, It'll be interesting to see what happens if what you said comes true and they end up um, kind of parsing out the cap hits over the la- over a couple years, which to me makes sense. And I, I'm not sure why, maybe, I don't know why some of the owners, I don't know if you saw anything of why the owners were against that, but it feels like that would probably be the best thing for both sides to kind of lessen the the hurt in one particular year, because you're going to have guys getting cut guys that were up like that particular year that they're up for um, a new deal, just completely get screwed for that year. And so um, it does feel like they should probably spread it out if they can. What I've, what I've read about it just from like social media is that there are some in like the owner's camps that kind of feel like during the lockout year, the fact that they kind of like steadied the cap, uh, help the players more than it helped the owners. So a lot of the, there's kind of like a, like a vocal part of the ownership, like that want the players to kind of have to deal with this. Um, kind of, kind of, this is all speculative based off of that. Uh, going off of what you said, like let's say Justin Simmons plays out this year, the cap falls by $70 million. The Broncos can turn around next year, rightly or wrongly. I'm not saying they're going to do this. And they can say, well, we want to keep you. We're going to pay you, you know, what we think you're worth, but we just don't have cap space. And Justin Simmons might say, well, I'm the best safety in the NFL. I'm going to go test the market. Well, if the cap fell by $70 million and everyone's cutting everybody to try and get under it, Justin Simmons is going to see his market artificially just completely diminished a year ahead of the the NFL moving to a new TV deal. Uh, And so like he'll then have to choose, do I want to take a one-year deal for less and just risk injury again or sign an extension. Um, and again, I think that if that happens, I think the Broncos would probably tag him anyway. So like, this is all just, but I think for a lot of players, that's what would happen is essentially they're, they suddenly hit a market that's completely 
crushed. Yeah, the, and they, the market bargaining power is not near what it would be in like a yeah. year like this year that we saw some big money deals getting handed out in free agency. Yeah, and I think that's why the owners want to do it. Again, this is all speculative. That's just my opinion based on like kind of what I've seen. But it would make sense. Like if you're an owner and you think you can try and squeeze the players, because again, they're then risking their health or for health in long-term security on a lesser deal, or do they want to try and wait out the con like the contract situation kind of flick fixing itself? So let's take, um, I mean, we can go worst case scenario first, or we can kind of stick with the conservative estimate that Benjamin Albright threw out there either way. Denver's probably going to have to do some moves if we look at who they're losing next year. Yes. And so let's just pick, let's pick a number and let's kind of walk through that okay. scenario of, so, um, you know, where they sit now, who's coming up for contract and what they could potentially do. So, so for, uh, as of right now, like this is not counting rollover caps cause that does change things. This year, the salary cap came in at $198 million for every NFL team as a base cap. Um, if you take 70 million off of that, the cap next year would be 128 million. Um, that's where I got the number of 28 teams being over the cap because 28 teams in the NFL have $129 million or more for their payroll next year. At present, over the cap projects the Broncos to have 47 players on their payroll next year. Um, and those 47 players cost 149, $159 million, um, a little bit more than that. So they'd be over like the most drastic estimate. They'd be over the COVID cap, like quote unquote, by about 30 million. And they'd only have 47 players on the roster. Um, as you know, and as probably everybody listening knows, uh, teams as of right now can carry 55 players on the roster due to the new CBA. So Denver would still need to get more players. And, that, and, then, and, and that's, I don't know if it's because of all this or, um, I mean, Denver's going to have to sign their rookies before they report in in a week. Yep. So they've, they've, every team's been a little slow in signing their rookies, but Denver hasn't signed their rookies yet this year. And yes. so none of those players or their cap projections are counted towards next year either. So yes. if we look at the rookie pool this year, um, it's you pulled the number. It's like nine point nine eight is the rookie mm -hmm. pool for this year. And how many players is that? Is is that? I do think it's eight. So that would give Denver, if they're sitting at forty seven in twenty twenty one, that would give give Denver right at fifty five. So they would at least be good from a starting yeah. roster standpoint. But you're adding an additional probably ten, maybe eleven, twelve million, um, of money on top of that that wasn't counted in those numbers because those none of those guys have been signed and so you would take that 159 up to potentially all the way up to 170 yep and so and it is worth also mentioning like every team would be facing this kind of situation so i'm not i'm not you know but the other thing that doesn't get counted into that payroll for next year is the fact that denver also would have a rookie pool next year um and conservatively, if we say, let's say, again, I don't think Denver's going to finish with the 10th pick of the draft again, but if Denver finished with the exact same draft pick that they had this year, they would have a 9.98, about that amount, locked up for their rookie pool next year, give or take a little bit based on like how many picks they have, and again, where they are. Um, so again, at that point, Denver's over the cap by an additional $20 million on top of 
what we just said. So you're so looking they'd be able at the cap by about 50 million. Yeah, you're looking at 180 million in cap liabilities. And even mm-hmm. if you take the conservative estimate of it getting cut by 40 million, you're still so over the cap by, by 30. Yep. Right? No, you're, you're yeah. over the cap by 20. I'm doing the math in my head. You're still, if you're, if you're at 198 and it goes down by 40, let's, let's call it an even 200, it goes down by 40, you're at 160, Denver's at 180. So they're still 20 million over the cap and that's mm-hmm. just with rookies. And that hasn't, you haven't, you haven't signed anybody yet. Like all your, all your guys have walked. And that's, and, and so here's the next part of that. And this, and, and I talked about this briefly last night, but it's, it's worth looking at that estimate does like that's with all the expiring contracts walking. That's without re-signing any player that has an expiring contract this year. Um, and there's quite a few of them there. I think there's 31 players on the Broncos roster that have contracts set to expire at the end of the season. Granted, some of these guys won't make it out of camp. Like that's part of it. But some of these guys are starters and or significant contributors. Um, Justin Simmons is the easiest one just because he's on a franchise tag. Again, I don't think Denver is going to let him walk if he plays like he did last year. But if they keep him, that creates even more problems on the cap next year. Yeah, because um, Justin but- Simmons is currently on a franchise tag, which if you're looking at the numbers count towards 2020. But yes. that franchise tag number is not counted in the 2021 projection. And so and you're adding another probably, you know, 12 to 15 million on and, top of that. And and this is, and again, this is getting into the weeds, but this is something I've been wondering. And this is one of the reasons I do kind of worry about what's going to happen with Justin Simmons is if the cap shrinks by, let's say 40 million, let's be conservative. If it shrinks by 40 million, well, the collective bargaining agreement still says that franchise players make that amount like i think it's the average of the top five isn't it so justin simmons if they tagged him again he's going to be making it's a pay raise on what he's making even now so like that's a significant amount if you're trying to trim 20 to 30 million dollars off the cap and to your point of the the players versus the owner stuff right now we're we're just the commentators talking about it right so i'm all for players getting paid what they're worth and i'm also all for the team that I'm a fan of winning and being able to stay under the cap and keep as many players as possible. Right. So it's not about, it's not about a side thing, but on another, another kind of thing in the owner's camp is do you potentially massage the franchise tag a little bit next year, given the extenuating circumstances and drop it down, which helps the owners helps them keep or helps the teams in general, keep and retain their players for less money and stay under the cap. But then if you're a player who's been counting on that, or that was your negotiation tool for your long-term deal. And that just got cut by, I don't know, let's say you trim a percentage off of that. And and this is all speculative. I don't even know if anybody has proposed that, but I could see it happening. If the, let's say the cap gets cut by um, what's 40 million out of um, we're doing so much quick math in our heads right now, 40 million out of um, 200 is 20%. Right. Yeah. It's right at it's flat 20%. So mm-hmm. you, what if you have the franchise, you know, someone proposes the franchise tag gets cut by 20% to make up for the, the cap for that year. It makes sense. It makes sense from a team building perspective and from the owner's perspective, but it hurts those players that are going to get tagged and who knows if that would actually happen, but. This is all speculative and I could see these kind of things being proposed because the owners want to try and save money through this because they're going to, they're going to, eat the worst of this as it is. And granted, I'm not crying over billionaires losing money, 
But the reality is like, they're going to want to try and do ways to try and mitigate that as much as they can. Meanwhile, like players are the ones that have their foot in the game and they're the ones actually risking their health the most. So like they have no reason to want to give up that money either. So like, this is going to probably get quite ugly and we're at the very beginning of it. It sounds like the season they're going to try and do camp and they're going to try and start this, whether the money stuff gets worked out yet or not, but I could see this turning really ugly. We're at the very beginning of it. So this is very speculative, but I do think it's worth exploring it. And that's why we decided to do this. Um, but I yeah. do think like, yeah, with, with Justin Simmons, like if we assume that they don't do the tag on him just for the sake of like doing the exercise, he he's the biggest name, but the other players that have contracts expiring at the end of this coming season, Todd Davis, Brandon McManus, Garrett Bowles, uh, Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris, Philip Lindsay, uh, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, Jeremiah Atachu, uh, Alexander Johnson, who is a restricted free agent. So I assume he would be back, but again, his contract is expiring. So that's and, not Philip Lindsay is a restricted free agent as well. Yes. And neither one is going anywhere. But those num their numbers for that cap hit aren't being counted towards the fact that Denver's over the cap by that much. So right. if they're gonna like if you're gonna keep Philip Lindsay on a second round tender next year, you're gonna have to pay for that elsewhere. Yeah, like, and that's at least no three that. that's at least three million dollars. Elijah Wilkinson was second round tendered this year, right? Yep. So is Mike Purcell. Yeah, so and they came in at about three point two million dollars. And so mm-hmm. you can just rough that out for Philip Lindsay. And that's a I mean, good on him. That's a pay raise for him of around you know two-ish million dollars or more about 2.3 million dollars of a pay raise for philip Lindsay. um sorry 2.7 yeah 2.7 my math's terrible in my head um <laughs> i know you're i give you credit for trying so so for philip Lindsay, that's a great pay raise but again that's more that you're gonna have to add to the contract and again like we're not trying to be all doom and gloom here, but it is really, really, at least for me, concerning. And and, and like you said, I, I don't think it's worth it. Like, we're not trying to paint this as like doom and gloom. The big thing is like Denver's in a situation where their, their window is now kind of resetting. And so what, what, like all this matters because you're trying to build a core for the next years to win from now on. Before COVID, the Broncos were at a situation where they had a rookie contract for a quarterback, and like that's your window. Like that's like you it's the most valuable thing in sports because if he can outperform his contract, you can build up the rest of your roster around him, take advantage of it. Well, because of COVID, and again, even though the Broncos are ahead of some of these other teams like the Eagles, they suddenly lose kind of that advantage that they had that you were having before COVID happened. Like Denver's expected was expected to have. I think it was like 50 to $60 million next year on the cap. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it's, they may potentially not have the opposite of that. And if that's the case, like if Denver suddenly has to make cuts, uh, because again, assuming they're going to keep Justin Simmons, assume that they're going to keep Philip Lindsay and assume that they're going to retain Alexander Johnson, they're going to have to cut players. And so that's what set me kind of like, I was looking at 21, 20 on contracts and I ended up looking up all the players on the Broncos payroll that have contracts that Denver could save more money than they lose by cutting or trading next year. And there's 27 players who have deals where the contract's very flexible, uh, which is good. The Broncos aren't like completely screwed. Which, the- which just quickly speaks well to John Elway's free agency strategy. And we've talked about this before. 
the free agency strategy this year of instead of and, and this wasn't like a premonition or anything i don't think it was intentional it was intentional to give flexibility it wasn't intentional because he knew the cap was going to be going down but um you look at guys like Jarrell Casey or AJ Boye, you could, they're going to be on your list. It's like you can cut them or you could keep them because all their, all the guaranteed money has gone away because you traded for them instead of giving them an extension. So they were essentially a free agent addition because you traded pennies for them in terms of draft picks within the free agency period. But you have a lot more flexibility with guys like that. And I'm not saying I would want either of those guys to, leave or be cut but you do have flexibility with some really big contracts i mean aj boye is set to make 13 million next year i believe yep. and then jarell casey's set to make 12.2 so well, i stole your thunder on your list but no, you, no. you're talking about the guys but 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 i do think if if let's say let's say the cap goes down 20 million like or the broncos are over the cap by 20 million moving those two players alone opens you up to being back underneath the cap Granted, losing AJ Boy and Jarrell Casey would probably hurt, but there's no dead money. So I do think if the cap drops as badly as we think it is, I think those are the two first names kind of like sweating it. Um, and then from there, I think it's all going to be really performance based. Like, and that's not again. I think both AJ Boye and Jarrell Casey could be significant contributors to this year's team, but I just also think the fact that there's no guarantees on their deal do make them the easiest guys to cut if things go into like a nightmare scenario. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting thing just for the league in general because you've got a situation that during this offseason, you're really kind of hamstringing your rookies because they're getting less yes. time, less face time with the coaches. And then you're going into a 2021 season where all the teams potentially are having to lean on rookies a lot more. Like if you have your draft picks set, unless the league does something with maybe deferring the draft picks cap or something like that, like you know you're going to have, we just totaled it up with Denver, they're going to have $20 million in this year's draft picks and next year's draft picks added to the cap. Mm -hmm. And you're picking up eight to, um, so, you know, you'll have 16 players potentially from that group. You're going to want all of them to contribute meaningful snaps because you're going to, you just need them. If you end up cutting a Jarrell Casey and an AJ Boye, you're going to need your young guys to step up and, it's in a year that the year previously they didn't get the type of offseason work in the, you know, within the coaching scheme and all of that. So it's really kind of a tough deal. But I do think if you're Denver, you could be really leaning on your young guys and trying to draft if you're going to have to let go of some of these veterans. If, if 28 teams are over the cap next year, free agency next year is going to be really exciting from a fan perspective because there's going to be a lot of player movement because if everybody's cut, some of these teams are going to be smart again. Like if the Broncos really want to like do a hard reset and like just wipe out like a bunch of their old contracts, all of a sudden they have the kind of flexibility on a lot of these deals that they could actually get under that COVID cap and then add players for cheap that other teams are getting rid of because they have to, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it could happen, which could make somebody could come out of that really ahead if they're really smart about how they do it. Um, which is again, like that's a whole another topic to really explore. Uh, because I don't know who else would probably get cut. We have a whole year between now and then. This isn't one to be cut, but Garrett Bowles' contract is going to be up. I, particularly if the cap, if you're having cap problems, I don't see Denver retaining him. No. And so you've got a glaring hole at left tackle. And it, I, I hate to bring it back up again because we've talked it a lot, but the fact that Denver passed on a tackle this year in the draft 
puts you in a world of hurt next year because you don't have the cap to sign a guy. Even if there is maybe somebody floating around that potentially could jump in at left tackle, you, you pretty much have to draft that guy next year. I haven't started looking at the tackles for next year's draft yet, but I do keep up with quite a few people who do the draft year round. The word out of next year's class, and again, we have a whole college football season, hopefully between now and then to change things. But basically there's Panay Sewell at the top, and then there's a steep fall off. Like there's not another top 10-esque tackle in next year's class, at least from what people are seeing right now. Whereas this last year's class, like there was essentially like four guys that all could have been day one, probably upgrades over Garrett Bulls. So it's, and again, I'm not I, like, I'm very happy with Jerry Judy. Like I'm not trying to hammer on that, but I'm just, it is, it is one of those things. Like I think Elway now looking back on it, the, like the hindsight 2020 thing, Elway was a really, really smart to not give Bulls a fifth year extension with, the fact that the COVID stuff is kind of happening, but also the fact that he bypassed a left tackle for KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy may end up looking really, really bad in a year. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And mm-hmm. for the young guys perspective, if we flip back to the AJ Boye, Jarrell Casey conversation, and well, you have Shelby Harris leaving too. So you're going to need your defensive lineman. I mean, it is good that Denver has been drafting defensive linemen with Draymond Jones, the, year prior and McTelvin a game, but you're going to be really relying on those guys and Mike Purcell might be walking too. And so you could lose potentially three starters on the defensive line that Denver has to replace. And then from a corner perspective, if you end up having to let AJ Boye walk or let him go, I mean, you've got a lot of young guys waiting in the wings, but you've got to develop some of those. And so, mm-hmm. We said we're not going to be all doom and gloom, but it, it kind of sounds that way. But it, it, I mean, all teams, every team is probably having this conversation too. Like with this news coming out or the, the very real potential of the cap being low, like every team is going to be in this situation. And to your point, worse so for the teams that have big money contracts for their quarterbacks. I mean, if I was a Saints fan right now, I'd basically just count on next year being a complete rebuild because they're, they're so screwed. They were screwed anyway. But now, like looking at what the cap could be like, like they're they're in for a world of hurt. And uh, I was doing this kind of earlier, and I just sent it to you. Um, like I have a projected too deep as how I see the Broncos roster kind of shaping out. And I kind of went through and I color coded it based on players. Uh, red players on my list are players who have expiring contracts as of right now. Green players on the list are players who have flexible deals, like deals where Denver or Elway could decide to cut them and save money if he has to. And here's like you to allude to like what you were talking about on the Broncos defensive line, Purcell, uh, Malik Reed, Shelby Harris, Jarrell Casey, Vaughn Miller, Jeremiah Tachu all have deals where the Broncos could get out from under them or they're expiring, which if you're just looking at what I think the two deep looks like right now, that would leave you with Draymond Jones, Kelvin Aguim, Bradley Chubb. Yeah. yeah. So like it's, and, yeah, and let's go ahead and talk. Yeah, let's yeah. talk Von Miller while we're here, since you brought him up. Um, yeah. Like, I hear me loud and clear. I do. I don't want Von to go anywhere. But you look at his deal from for next year, and he's sitting at a twenty-two million dollar cap number, and you can save eighteen million dollars if yep. you move on from Von Miller, which twenty twenty-one is the last year of his deal. So he'd be heading in. He's thirty-two years old. He's heading into the last year of his deal. If you're if you're John Elway and you're sitting there at twenty million over the cap and you can save eighteen by letting Von go one year early, I don't. I, that's that's very tempting. Or potentially on the positive side, 
you could potentially work some type of extension where you lower his 2021 cap number from the 22 million that it will be at and kick that into the the future years of, you know, you maybe tack on two additional years to it where Vaughn will be 34. Um, I, I fully expect there to be a lot of pieces floating out from like certain areas of like the Broncos media that basically say if Vaughn doesn't get 10 plus sacks this year, they're going to cut him or trade him because there's a lot of people that are stuck on the fact that Vaughn did not get 10 last year. And again, we've talked about before, like how he was one of the top 10 players in the league at generating pressures. Um, that said, like you said, the Broncos only eat 4.12 in dead cap hit if they get rid of Vaughn next year. Um, if he does suffer some sort of fall off, I could see like Elway looking to move him. This is the same man who forced Payne Manning to take a pay cut. Like, I don't think, like, I love Vaughn. Vaughn's been my favorite Broncos since he was drafted and ever since. I could see the Broncos making that move. It's a business decision at this point. They, they just moved on from Chris Harris. I don't think any player is untouchable. Yeah, and particularly because Vaughn's going into the last year of his deal. Yep. You're essentially cutting him six months early. And, I mean, depending on how the season shapes up, unfortunately, I mean, you could be looking at 2021 kind of being a crapshoot year anyway mm-hmm. where you're not, you know, depending on how this year plays out, if you're losing significant talent, you've got all this cap stuff everybody's dealing with, you may not be feeling super great about, Drew Locke and the young guys making a run in 2021. And so you might just say, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to eat this year early. We're going to move on. We're going to clear all these guys from our cap. Another guy that we haven't talked about um, since we're talking defense is Kareem Jackson as well. Mm. His, he's still under contract, but his deal in 2021, Denver can get out from under it and save $10 million. He's, he's a 12.8 against the cap they would only be eating $2.8 million of dead money. And so you could potentially with, with Kareem Jackson, you could save $10 million too. And so that's, that's really interesting. And you tweeted about this the other day too, Joe, is like you look across who Denver could potentially be knocking on their door to either restructure or potentially move on from with low dead money and it's the stars on the defense. This defense could look very different in a year from now. You've got Von Miller, you've got Kareem Jackson, you've got AJ Boye and Jarrell Casey, all who we've talked about that could save in the double digits of cap space if Denver decided to. So looking at the five or the six biggest contracts the Broncos have um, that could be moved next year without a whole lot of penalties, uh, it's Von Miller, Kareem Jackson, AJ Boye. Juwan James, Jarrell Casey, and Bryce Callahan. If the Broncos were to cut all of them, and again, I'm not advocating for this by any means. I'm just saying, I'm just letting you guys all know that that's what could happen. The Broncos would save $69.163 million against the cap next year. That's a huge amount. They would only incur $14.14 million in dead cap hits. Um, so like if the Broncos had to like try and just swallow like the bitter poison of like getting rid of all those players they would save almost $70 million right there. Yeah. And again, you then have to replace all of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not advocating. For right. That. Right. Yeah. I but, know you're, I know you're I, not. I'm but, just saying, like if, if they're in that nightmare scenario and like, let's say the Broncos bottom out, like let's say Drew Locke is not the guy this year. And then the Broncos walk into next year with a $70 million cap hole. 
like I could see that being like a hard reset and just saying, screw it. Like we're going to just see what happens. Um, I hope that's not what happens. Obviously I'm just saying like, it is realistic. And that's why I floated that tweet out before about how the Broncos defense could be essentially like this could be the one year we see the Broncos defense with Vic Fangio with all this talent. Yeah. And it's going to be a mix of, I don't know how much of it, like performance is going to be a little bit of an issue, but it could just be an age thing and a phasing out the contracts. Like, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you get, you could have guys like Jarrell Casey and AJ Boyer ball out and you would want to retain them and keep them all together again for 2021. Cause that was the plan initially, but we just don't know what the cap's going to look like. And so, I mean, on the, on the flip side, on the positive side, I was trying to brainstorm things that Denver could potentially do this year. And mm-hmm. one of them is, you know, you, you maybe we, we talked about maybe the extension of Von Miller that kicks some of his cap hit into 2022. I wonder if there's some creative things that they could potentially do to bring in some cap this year from Von Miller's contract and take it away from next year. But they're, they're kind of bumping up against it this year too. If you're, you know, Denver sitting at, um, let's see over the cap has them at about 17 million of cap space right now, but none of the rookies have been counted against it. So that'll probably shrink to about 7 million, maybe 8 million. And so you've got $8 million that you've probably got to keep. I mean, you could, you could maybe cheat it a little bit, but you want to keep that in case somebody gets hurt or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to extend your, you've got to extend it. And so I wonder too, if the league, and again, I don't know that the owners would, here's where it gets into the conversation about really the owners versus the players and the like cap versus cash. And so this is another, I think time to talk about this This is a bit of a soapbox that um, I'll get on sometimes when people talk about, particularly when we're talking about like big time extensions or something like that. People are like, Oh, why you always side with the owners? Why you always side with, you know, these guys don't need more money. Who, who cares if they get their money? And like, I don't, to your point, like I'm not going to lose any sleep over some of these team owners who have been in profitable businesses and running these teams. Like they can take a, they'll be fine. They can take a year or two of, of not having the cash, but it's the cap space that's in place that, I mean, fans understand that. Like they want you, we want our team. Like I want all the guys on our team to be paid well, but also there's a cap that they hit up against. And so, I'll always be on the side of getting as much talent under the cap as possible. And so that's where there, that's where there becomes a rub is I wonder if there's potential for like competitive reasons. And like, as a fan, I would be a fan of this in 2021. Do you, I don't know if there's, I mean, could you do like an uncapped year or could you massage the cap a little bit where you, allow some freedom of guys going of teams going over the cap or things like that. Um, where at that point it just becomes a, a pocketbook thing. It affects the owner's bottom line, but it doesn't necessarily affect the cap. And so I, again, I don't think the owners would be for that, but I would, as a fan, and I think the players would be for that. If you could do some type of thing where, you know, there's, I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but so, I, I'm, I'd be all for, it. for that a little bit some of these teams don't have the kind of flexibility on next year's contracts like the Broncos do. I know the Eagles are in a lot of trouble. If the cap drops by 70 million, just to give you an idea of how bad the Eagles are, they're $50 million over the cap right now. If the cap stays 
where it's at. Like their payroll for their top 51 as of right now is $267 million. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like they were planning on next year being a problem anyway. And like looking at their top contracts, the only deals that are like kind of popping off my screen that they can get out of Marquise Gooden, uh, they can get 7 million off of him. Derek Barnett's 10 million. But like, then as you're starting to move down, like there's not easy deals to move. Like there's guys that free up a million. I don't know how they would create 50 million. So I have no idea how they're going to create a hundred million. Like that's the Eagle. I don't know the way out for the Eagles. They're trapped. Yeah. And you look at the Dallas Cowboys who just signed a ton of players as well. I mean, they, they'll have a, they've got a whole heck of a situation just with the Dak Prescott contract too, mm -hmm. since he was on the free and since he was on the tag this year, um, then you're negotiating a quarterback contract for a guy who should get, you know, top of the market money and you don't have any cap to pay him. And mm -hmm. Dallas looks like they're going to be, they're checking in at about 180 in total cap liabilities for next year without Dak Prescott. <laughs> and so um, they're going to be in a world of hurt anyway. Take a peek at the Chiefs real quick, just because. So with Kansas City, mm -hmm. they come in at 200 million in total cap liabilities for 2021. Now they have a good majority of their roster under contract, but they're they're going to be screwed next year. Um, mm -hmm. Looking at guys that they could potentially move on from, I mean, you could move on from Travis Kelsey. He's he'll save you seven million dollars and doesn't have much dead money. Um, Eric Fisher, potentially you could save some money, but Frank Clark, one of their biggest cap numbers, he and Patrick Mahomes are their two biggest cap numbers for 2021. Frank Clark just signed a big deal with all his bonus money. And so you're not going to save anything. Um, if you cut him and then you add in Chris Jones's contract as well, you're, he's not going anywhere. You're not going to be able to reduce any of that. So yeah, Kansas city is going to, they're, they're going to be having these same conversations as well. And it's going to be a lot worse um, because they just, to your point, they don't have as much flexibility. They're in trouble. Um, and that's honestly, and this is kind of where kind of circling back to kind of, I think for a close, I don't think, I think, I think the owners are going to threaten this whole thing with the cap. I have a hard time believing that the majority of the owners could potentially agree to screw all of themselves. Like, they, 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 they would all be hurting themselves at the end. And, and I just think it's a good negotiating tactic. I just don't know how you can really follow through on it. With, it doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'm not an owner, so maybe they see an angle to it that I don't. But it just seems like everybody loses if that's what they do. Yeah, I think both sides have incentives to, one, just reduce the cap hurt as much as possible. And so even if you're looking at the $40 million, like that's a lot more doable than the $70 million projection. But... Yeah, either way, if they don't do something else, they're going to be um, there's going to be a lot of maneuvering. I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see over the next year or two. It, to me, it almost and again, like this might be one of the reasons why I kind of come off as like really player friendly in this. I just don't understand why you wouldn't be able to borrow from future years because the NFL is moving to a 17 game schedule. The new TV deals are going to make a lot of money. Like the NFL is king when it comes to TV money. Um, so like you could easily borrow from that. The only reason that I, the only reason I see that you wouldn't want to do that is essentially what I laid out before where you could negotiate kind of like hardline deals with players because other, the only other, like there's no real benefit to not doing that. 
yeah, when but 2018 are going to be over the cap. Yeah, if you're if you're having to cut half your roster just to get under the cap, negotiating a couple hardline deals isn't really going to help you unless you're a no. maybe I, I'm just throwing it out there and I don't know who the owners are, but you know if you're a Jerry Jones and it helps you for your franchise quarterback, like that's the only thing that would to me make any sense is but everybody like everybody else it feels like would have incentive to want to patch this year up as much as possible if they could borrow from the future years so i mean let's i mean we and we can wrap it up at that with maybe a bit of a optimistic look let's hope that they can find a way to figure this out and it it not have to be all the doom and gloom that we just talked about but we did want to talk about it because that's the the reality of what's being floated out there right now based on the news that we have and so um wanted to lay out the scenario for you and if we're missing something that you know you guys are seeing and um some way that denver could potentially come out better than the situation that we laid out please let us know let's let's keep talking about it